And as I get this stuff, the, you should have a little slip of paper with a little quiz that you got when you came in. So I want you to get that quiz out. And if you haven't had an opportunity to fill out that quiz, I want you to do that right now. I'll give you a couple minutes. If you're online, if you're on the online campus there, um, grab a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen. I'm going to read over some of these questions, and I'm going to have you just uh, kind of give yourself a rating. Now, no one's going to see these things, right? So don't, don't feel like you don't want to be honest, right? Be honest in them. Uh, then maybe afterwards, you may want to just throw them away after you see how honest you are about them, but, um, but we'll go from there. So go ahead and take a, a minute to fill those out if you haven't already. Uh, and again, if you're on the online campus, uh, I'll do just a piece of paper and a pencil, or if you jot it down in your phone or something like that. Uh, but the questions are, are like this. When another motorist cuts me off while driving, I say something critical, unkind, or nasty about that driver. I may say it about them or to them. Give yourself a rating. One, meaning almost always I do that. Two, is I frequently do it. Three, sometimes. Four, rarely. Or five, never. And the same kind of uh, uh, scale on all these questions, right? Number two, when I, when I found this online, by the way, this, I didn't make this up. I found this online. I thought it was kind of fun. When I want to leave for an appointment on time and others, by their procrastination, hinder me from doing so, I become frustrated and restless. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely, never. When someone on whom I've been waiting for longer than 20 minutes shows up late and then does not apologize for being late, I get mad or frustrated. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely, never. When someone makes fun of me, I respond as though they've done something more serious than just teasing, and I blow it out of proportion. When people expect more of me than I realistically am capable of doing, I become aggravated and resentful. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely, and never. Or number six, when others are ungrateful for the things I have done for them, I think about no longer doing those things for them for which they are ungrateful. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely or never. Number seven, when I am tired or sick, I become irritable, grumpy, or short-tempered. Number eight, when I want something badly, I'm tempted to sin. To get what I want. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely, or never. Just a couple more, right? So when others do not meet my expectations, I withdraw from them or I pout and sulk rather than expressing to them my, what my expectations are. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely, or never. And the last one, when facing, or facing difficulties, I am more concerned that God shortens my suffering than strengthen my character. Always, frequently, sometimes, rarely. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take up all those numbers, add them all together real quickly. Real easy, quick little math stuff, right? Add them all together, put them down there on that bottom line down there. And here's what I want to say to you. If, if you scored, uh, and again, you don't have to share this with anybody else, but if you scored between 47 and 50, then you are excellent with patience. And you rarely lose your temper, and probably, truthfully, you should be giving the sermon this morning, <laughs> right? 
If you scored between 42 and 46, then you're really good with being pretty patient with people. If you scored between 37 and 41, well, maybe a little bit more patience is needed with you. Maybe a little bit more patience. If you score between 32 and 36, then you're a rather impatient person. But you know it. You're pretty self-aware of your impatience. All right? If you scored 31 or less, then you are an impatient person, and everyone sitting around you knows it. (laughs) They all know that you're an impatient person. Don't have to tell me what your number is. You don't have to tell me. I won't tell you what my number is either. But I will tell you that this is something I need to grow in in my own life. That just speaking autobiographically, this is one of those areas where I am not speaking or teaching this morning as one who has arrived, but I am definitely on the journey in this regard as well. And I just hope that this morning that we can learn together. As we look to the Scriptures, that we can learn together how we can grow and allow the Spirit of God to shape us and to mold us for what He's intended for us, right? There are two different, we're talking about patience here, and there really are two different kinds of patience that the Scriptures talk about. Uh, The first kind of patience that the Scriptures talk about is kind of what you might call situational patience or circumstantial kind of patience. Patience where there's a situation before you where you want it to go faster then what it's really going, you have a timeline that you want it to go, but it's not going the way you want it to go. The plan that you had in mind isn't going the way you want it to, and you're needing to learn to be patient, learning to trust that the ways of God and God's timing, while it may not be your timing, are always perfect. And so we're learning, we're told in the Scriptures to be patient, meaning to learn to trust God in all circumstances, and I can be patient in the circumstances in front of me. And there's a second way of patience, and and there's a second way the Scriptures write about patience, and that is learning to be patient with people, to not be controlled by anger, to not fly off the handle when somebody irritates us, but to learn to be patient with them, to learn to, in some respects, to not be short or have a short fuse, but to kind of have a long fuse, that it takes a long while before you just fly off the handle. And that's the kind of patience that the Apostle Paul is writing about in Galatians chapter 5. Where he says that the fruit of the Spirit, as we learn to graft ourselves or, or stay connected to God through Christ, as we do that, then God would be multi, or, or, or molding in us or shaping us a kind of patience with people. With people around us. I want to remind us all, myself included, what James tells us in James chapter 1. He says, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Each of us should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, or to use the language of the Apostle Paul, to be patient with others because human anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. So when Paul is talking in Galatians 5 about this fruit or this attribute manifesting in our life of patience, he's talking about this kind of patience with other people. That when someone offends us 
or when someone irritates us, or when someone does something to us, or something does something about us, then we, our response would be one of patience. Slow to get angry. But be patient with them. To not be short-tempered, in other words. Not be quick to snap off at them. But to have a long fuse with them. Growth in the spiritual life would be growing to a spot where we are capable of responding to the situations and the people in our life in a way that is good and right and eternal and Christ-like in all that we do. And part of that is patience. Patience. Patience is, is a willingness to be kind of restrained by the Holy Spirit when we get irritated or, or when, when we get offended. I heard one person say it this way, and I think it's a really good definition for patience. And that is patience is the ability to remain calm internally and externally when irritated, aggravated, or provoked. To remain calm internally and externally. Because most of us, if we know we're supposed to play nice and be nice, we can at least appear to be calm externally, Right? We can just kind of clench our fist and clench our jaw and say, just don't say anything right now, don't say anything right now, kind of thing. But patience, the kind that Paul's talking about, is to cultivate an internal heart and an external calmness when irritated, aggravated, or provoked. To not just appear patient, but to be really patient on the inside and our heart as well. Patience is the ability to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to live according to his way, to be guided by mercy and by compassion, by love, rather than retribution, rather than retaliation. And if we, can, if we can agree with our brother James when he writes in James that human anger doesn't bring about the righteousness that God desires, then we can understand and we can see how our anger, uncontrolled anger, can be toxic to not only the culture around us, but to our friends and our family around us, our coworkers around us, and how that anger kind of bottled up inside can be toxic to our own soul. So if we can agree with our brother James that human anger doesn't bring about the righteousness that God desires, then we need to learn to be restrained by the Holy Spirit so that we can remain calm both internally and externally when aggravated, irritated, or provoked, and we can learn to be patient and we can learn to be Christ-honoring. And we can grow in this way in our spiritual life. As followers of Jesus, if you've decided to follow Jesus with your life, then we need to grow in this area. To be not so quick to be angry or to snap off at somebody, but to learn the way of patience, cultivating this way in our heart. To have a long fuse when we're irritated, aggravated, or provoked. That's patience. That's what the Holy Spirit is desiring to cultivate in us. I got a couple things I want to talk about, a couple things I want us to consider as we think about. And the first one is I want you to think about the patience of God. Patience, the, these attributes, these qualities, we see these attributes in the nature of God himself. That God is a patient one, slow to get angry, with a long fuse. In the very first description that God gives of himself in the scriptures is found in Exodus chapter 34. And it says this, The Lord, the compassionate, gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love 
to thousands. <coughs> Excuse me. Maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. He does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation. But here you have this description of God. Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. When God gives this self-description of, him, of himself in Exodus 34, Israel had just been led out of Egypt, out of captivity, They'd just been led out of the rebellion, and they had already rebelled against God and his instruction. They had already built for themselves a golden calf to worship before them. And God would have been completely justified with bringing down judgment over them. Would have been completely justified with bringing down condemnation over them. But in that situation, his understanding, what he wants them to know about himself, his self-disclosure is that he is slow to get angry and abounding in love. And that aspect of God's character, that attribute of God shows up all throughout Scripture. That God indeed would be just. He would be justified in bringing judgment to act, to do something in response to our rebellion or the rebellion of the Israelite people or of people down through the ages, to give us what we deserve, and yet what we find is that God is patient, slow to get angry, and abounding in love. This passage, Exodus chapter 34, is actually the most referred to passage in the Bible. By the Bible itself, it refers back to this passage more than any other passage in the Bible. It comes up again in Numbers. It comes up again in Nehemiah, again in Jonah, Again, in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, three or four times, this passage is referred to specifically. In the Newer Testament, book of Romans, it's referred to again. And later in the Newer Testament, the writer, the Apostle Paul, speaks of his own personal life with God, and his own experience of God's patience with him when he writes this to a letter to his friend, Timothy, in 1 Timothy. Paul says this, here's a trustworthy saying. It deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example to those who believe in him and receive eternal life. Now if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, before he became a Christian, he was a devout persecutor of the church. He deliberately sought out and killed Christians to make sure that he would wipe them off the face of the planet. He took pride in how arrogant he was and how he can go away and deliberately snuff out the Christians and kill them. And so when Paul's talking about how he was the worst of sinners, he has that in the back of his mind, referring to his old ways of violence, his old ways of self-righteousness, his old ways of arrogance. He has that in his mind as he's talking about how he was the worst of sinners, and yet it was because of the patience of God that Paul receives mercy. He doesn't get what he deserves. He receives mercy so that he might display the immense patience of God in his own life. So you see this, that God is a patient God, slow to get angry, abounding in love, you see it all throughout the people of God. 
the Older Testament, the people of Israel, the Newer Testament, the Christians, the first followers of Christ, all throughout the church history. And if we were to take a sobering look at our own life, then you and I would see the patience of God with us. Because the scripture is very clear that all of us have fallen short of God's glorious standard. And God would be indeed just to do something in response to our sin and our rebellion. Because each one of us have within ourselves a propensity to sin, to turn away from God. And yet God demonstrates his loving kindness by being patient with you and with me. He's slow to get angry, abounding in love, demonstrates his mercy and his tenderheartedness over you and over me. So we need to square our eyes on Jesus here to see the kind of life that he's called us into, the kind of character that he has, that he is a God of slow to get angry. And while he would be fully justified in having some consequence over us or, or acting to do something in response to our rebellion and our sin, he chooses to be slow to get angry. He's patient with us. So the first thing I want us to do when we're talking about growing in patience is to consider the patience of God all throughout history and all throughout your life and mine. But two more things I want us to consider before we move on. And the next one is that the patience is an expression of love. Patience is an expression of love. Many of us, if you've been around the church for any length, you know about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Even if you've not been around the church, you've heard this maybe you read at weddings or in other places, but it's a description about love. And the Apostle Paul writes that love is patient and kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love is patient. It's slow to respond to offenses or irritants. It rises above the petty things. It makes the choice to not give an unloving response because that would be not helpful for the relationship. So patience, being restrained and calm internally and externally, is an expression of love for someone. Love for someone. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, we remember we talked about love in this fruit of the Spirit and understanding. We said that biblical love is a desperately desiring what's best for another person. But when we use our words or our attitudes or our face or just in our own minds to cut somebody else down with our anger, when we snap off at them because of our frustration, when we show our irritation or we, we do something else, we allow anger to, to fester in our own soul, then it causes a break in that relationship. And that's not good. It's not only not good for the relationship, but it's not good for my own soul. If I allow impatience or anger to fester in my soul, it can be toxic to me. And yet patience is an expression of love. To want what's best for someone else. To be patient with them. To not snap off at the first sign of something. But to have a long fuse 
have a long fuse. One more thing I want us to notice before we move on, and that is that patience is an expectation of all followers of Jesus. That if you are a follower of Jesus, if you decide to link your life up with him, then patience and growing in patience is an expectation for every one of us. Paul writes this in Colossians 3, as God's people, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, patience is not just something left over for those who have like a quiet temperament and they can just kind of go through life real easily. It is part of what it means to be God's people, that we experience the patience of God in our life and we begin to reflect that to the culture and to the people and to our family and our friends and our coworkers, to reflect the ways of God through us because we've been a recipient of that. So as patience begins to work in our life, we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. Our lives will be guided by mercy and love and tenderheartedness and forgiveness. And we would learn gradually along the journey to be patient, internally and externally calm when irritated, aggravated, or provoked. We would learn from our God who is slow to get angry. And we would learn that we would be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So if that's patience, and if that's what the, the Spirit wants to mold in us, then how can we do that? Well, certainly not by reading a book, you know, three easy steps of patient living, and just put it down and walk out and go, whoo, nice, now I'm patient. It's a journey that we graft ourselves with the Spirit of God. But there are some things that we can do. And I want to leave you with a few of these ideas. The first one is what we've been doing all this morning. And that is to ponder the person of God or the character of God. All of what we've been doing this morning is reflecting on the nature of God. To not give us what we deserve. To be patient with us. So if we want to see that growing in our own life, the first step is to reflect or to ponder on the patience of God. Have that Exodus 34 passage kind of seared into us. God is slow to get angry. He's abounding in love. So the first step is to just reflect and to ponder on the nature of God. Second thing, and that is to examine our own heart. In Psalm 139 the psalmist tells us to examine our hearts to see if there's any offensive way within me. See if there's anything inside of me. Because usually when I respond out of anger or when I respond not patiently, well, there's something else going on. There's something else going on underneath the surface. Why am I so quick to snap off at that person? At that situation, what's going on? Is there some hurt that's inside of me? Is there, is there some insecurity of mine? Do I have a, a, an inflated ego, an out-of-control arrogance or pride about myself that when somebody confronts me or when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I think, how dare they do something like that to me? 
And I've just got an inflated ego and out-of-control pride and arrogance that really just needs to be confessed. Is that what's driving my irritant? Is, is what's beneath it? What's going on in my heart? Was I just tired that day? Was I hangry? And maybe that, and while that may be understandable, but for the sake of the relationship, maybe an apology is in order. I recognize, ah, I can reflect a little bit here on my own heart. I know I snapped off at you, but this is what was going on in me. I was really irritated. I was hurt. I'm a little insecure because of that. Or man, I was just hungry and I just snapped off at you. And for the sake of the relationship, maybe an apology is in order. See, growth often in the spiritual life will often include self-reflection. To examine yourself. See if there's any offensive way in me. Not just to say, well, if you wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have popped off. No, what was going on in you that popped off when that happened? What's going on? So examine your heart. And the third thing is to just ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Jesus promises to give us the Holy Spirit and part of, that role, part of his role is to lead us to righteous living, to remind us of all the things that God has told us, but to lead us and to empower us to righteous and holy living. And being patient doesn't mean that we ignore something that someone has done to hurt us. Being patient and, and being quick to forgive doesn't mean that we just ignore and just become a doormat. But we need the Holy Spirit's guidance and wisdom to respond in a way, to address the issue in a way that's Christ-honoring, that reflects the patience of God. Not out of anger, not out of retaliation. We can still address it, but we need the Spirit's guidance and wisdom. So ponder the things of God and His patience. Examine your own heart and then ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. How do I deal with this? How do I address it and not snap off in anger? And then lastly, and that's just to share it in community. Share your journey with a brother or sister. Part of the strength of community comes when we walk with one another, bear with one another, to share our desire to grow with one another. Not only does it give us a level of accountability, but it allows someone to walk the journey with us. To say, hey, I'm going to be working on this situation. When this comes up, I'm working on growing in patience. Would you help me with this? And that person could be a sounding board. Maybe they're the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life, giving you wisdom and guidance on how to respond in a way that is patient rather than anger. A respond that cultivates the heart of Christ. Well, rather than just talk about that, I want to give us, we always want to give us some time to do some experimenting with this. To do a role of prayerful experimentation this morning. So what I want you to do, I want you to think about a situation or maybe a, a, an area that you typically would pop off. You just get irritated and, and you respond out of anger. Where you are quick-tempered. Just think that about that for a second. What's going on there? And just for a second, we're not going to take too long here, but I want you to think about and examine your own heart in it. What's going on? Why, why are you really popping off here? Why are you quick-tempered? Is there an insecurity of yours? Is there a, a fear of yours? Is there maybe some other thing that's going on? Maybe ask the Holy Spirit to guide you 
you know, give you some wisdom. How, how would I respond in a way that's honoring to God when that comes up? When that person or those situations come up that are irritating and aggravating and provoking, how, how would I respond? Holy Spirit, how would you like me to respond to those things? In a moment here, our worship team is going to lead us in some closing worship. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. During these last songs, we're going to have some uh, members of our prayer team, our elder board, to be over on the sides here praying. And we'd like to pray for you and with you. If there's an area where you just need someone to pray with you for patience this week, maybe there's a situation that you know is coming, and you go, I need, I need some extra patience here. I need the Spirit of God to mold and to shape this. Then I'm going to invite you to come and be prayed for. Or maybe it's not something like that. Maybe it's just an issue that you're facing. That is not necessarily a patient issue, but it's just another thing that you want one of our elders to pray with you. We'd like you to do that. Or maybe you're coming on behalf of somebody else. Maybe there's an issue or there's an area that someone else needs some prayer. And you're going to come on their behalf. And we can pray together for them, with you for them. We just invite you to do it at any time during these last couple of songs. So come forward and be prayed for, whether it's a, a patient thing or it's something else. These aren't things that we just muster up. These aren't things that we just manufacture in our own abilities to do. We need the work of the Holy Spirit to grow us, to mature us, to lead us. And we do that when we pray and we ask him for guidance and wisdom. Let's do that together. I'm going to read for us this prayer that we've been using, and then we'll lead into this final part of our closing worship. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft in my heart the love of your name. Increase in me true religion. Nourish me with all goodness. And bring forth in me the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.